0: Welcome to the new episode of Home Visit with Tyler the Associates. We're going to be riding solo today. We're taping on a Tuesday after Memorial Day. Um, I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, got a little time to take a breath, unless you're in my case and we're moving houses. So I've been packing or I've been watching my wife pack. I need to say that before she gets mad at me. Uh, so it's been a busy weekend. I got like three shirts left out to wear for the whole week. So I got to figure out how we're going to do that. But hey, today we're going to talk a little bit more about this 85. Uh, rule that was changed from a roster management standpoint. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. we got camps starting this week, which is going to be nuts. Uh, official visits, uh, saying our prayers for all the recruiting departments across the uh, country. Talk a little bit about the SEC meetings, and then we're going to get you out of here so you can enjoy your great week. You're probably listening on the beach uh, with your drink and ready to go. Uh, Before we get started, I want to remind everybody about our good friends at Cooper Chevrolet and Buick and Anniston. They're here to help you with their new custom ordering service. Get the best pricing, the quickest availability, and save money by getting the exact trim and options you want. To learn more, visit cooperorder.com and find out why it's to your advantage to custom order your next Chevy or Buick. That's cooperorder.com or call Cooper Chevy at 256-236-4481. All right, we're going to jump into this uh, 85 rule. I know we we talked a little bit about it with Ross last week, if you listened. Um, but I want to really dig into it and explain to the fans exactly everything that's going to go into this, especially from a recruiting standpoint. Um, and from a let's start with roster management. Uh, from this from this side of it, it gets a little bit easier. It's basically, can you count to 85? All right, before uh basically before you're gonna be able to have eighty-five guys on scholarship at whatever time. There's not gonna be um any particular time that you have to meet like it used to be in the old days. So if you lose 13 players, you can add 13 players or whatever it is, but you can only have up to 85 players on scholarship at any given time. Um so we're doing uh doing away with the initials, which we've talked about. And that really um is kind of a relief uh, for a lot of the schools who have had a tough time losing kids to the portal and replacing those guys. Um, But there are issues with this, and it's not all snow clouds, bunny rabbits, and my little ponies. You know, how are you going to handle your 85? That's going to be the question. Are you under pressure to win? That's the first question we're going to talk about. Are you under pressure to win right now? And if you are, then you're going to go extremely heavy portal and you're not going to worry about developing players. And so you're going to end up getting, you know, if you add a lot of portal players, you're going to continue to have to sign and recruit a a larger number of players as time goes on because you're not just going to do away uh, with signing high school kids. So you're going to be taking these going to be a lot of larger classes that, that you're going to see that you haven't seen in the past. One big thing about this is now you're going to see a larger number of coaches uh, cutting players that can't play. And everybody's like, well, what are you talking about, cutting players that can't play? I thought y'all already did that. And for the most part, guys, that really um, hasn't happened. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It just hasn't happened on probably the level that you think it happens if a kid comes in and he struggles and he can't play, as long as he's doing what he's supposed to do, and, and I'm talking about you know going to class and he's not causing any other issues and he's not being a distraction, you're going to see a lot of these coaches keep these guys around and a part of their program because there are personal relationships that you develop with people. And the way I always looked at it was if the kid can't play, it's my fault for recruiting him and doing a bad job in evaluating the player for whatever reason. And as long as they don't, again, disrupt the flow of what we're trying to do, you know, they were, they've been left on the team. With Now with this rule, because in the past if you cut them, you, you, you basically hurt yourself for no reason. Well, now if a kid can't play, now he can be replaced immediately uh, with somebody that can. And so you're going to see a lot more of that go on. Um, and so you're going to see some more people go into the portal, which we're about to talk about with the portal but that doesn't mean there are solutions for somebody else because a lot of schools, if they can't play for you, they can't play for anybody. Um, And so you're going to see a lot of these kids getting cut and going in the portal, and which we've talked about a lot, is a lot of these kids can't afford college. And so playing football is their way out and their way to get an education. And you're going to see a lot more guys go in the portal and stay in the portal. Um, And so that's going to be a negative part to that. Uh, The next thing, which will happen this December – um, you're going to see it and it'll be you know really um, new coaches coming in and taking over jobs and instead of seeing what they have they will cut they will probably watch film instead of going recruiting they'll probably watch the film figure out who can and who cannot play and just cut as many as they can cut trim all the fat out the, off the you know right out of the jump because you don't have to – you don't put yourself in a box. Everybody kind of expects it. You can go cut 40 guys, then go sign 40 guys. Whatever it is, uh, you're going to see that happen a lot uh, where guys get cut quickly with new coaching staffs come in. And, and you're going to see that come December. Um, and if you don't think that's going to happen, you're, you're sadly mistaken. So make sure you all remember that. This December when the new coach comes in, he's going you're going to see a lot of players from that school go immediately in the portal because they're going to get cut. The, the next thing that I want to talk about from a roster management standpoint is this rule's been put in place for two years. So what's next? Why, my, that's my big question mark that I can't get answered is what's next? Why only two years? I want to give the NCAA credit. I, I, I will if this is really the, the reason. Um, I hope the reason they're doing two years is that they're going to say, hey, look, we're going to get our eight, let you get two years to get your scholarship numbers back up, and then we're going to put more limitations back in place. I hope that's what happens. Um, I do think there needs to be some relief with the portal. Again, I've like I've said on here before, I don't think the answer is going straight to 85, and I don't think the answer is just 25. I think the, the truth or what we need to do is somewhere in the middle, um, and they got a little bit closer with it last year, what they did. But what's next? And I don't understand why two years. They definitely have a plan. I don't know if they're just experimenting for two years. I don't know why the two years. I don't know where that came from or I haven't heard uh, why just two years. So that's probably the biggest curiosity to me is why. Um, But we will see. All right, let's talk about this 85 rule and the effects on the portal. Okay, and to me what I just talked about a second ago is you're going to have a lot more coaches cutting players that just can't play. Well, again, just because a kid gets cut from an SEC school doesn't mean he can go play for a group of five school automatically. That doesn't work like that because if they can't play at that level, there's probably a good chance they can't play at that level either. So you're going to have a lot more kids in the portal, but they're going to be staying in the portal. The next thing is supply versus demand. If you go and say, hey, y'all just go get to 85, I need to win. I'm going to go sign a bunch of portal guys. And again, it's the question I keep asking that nobody, I can't answer either, so I'm not asking, I'm I'm not saying this, but nobody has yet to answer to me what happens when there's no one left to sign out of the portal because there's nobody in the portal. That's going to happen if we don't replenish the sport with high school players. So maybe they're saying with this 85, you're just going to encourage some teams to sign more high school kids. I don't see that. I think it's going to continue the way it is until they put some kind of limitation on that. Uh, But the supply versus demand on the portal is going to be something that's uh, we're going to start seeing take effect over the next two years. So very interesting to see how that works out. Um, You know, what, what are the effects on the high school recruit? Well, you're not going to see with a premier player, your top, you know, I don't know, let's call it 500 players in the country. They're still going to go to college and all that stuff. But where you're going to continue to see the issue is the developmental player, um, the guys that are, you know, what if you're a fan and you like the stars and all that stuff, like we at late, we like apparently, but the uh, three-star guys, you're going to see a ton of those guys continue to slip through the cracks. That That's not going to – this isn't helping that. That's going to continue. Um I do think once the uh, portal runs out, the supply starts running low in the portal. You're going to start seeing more high school players taken, but I don't think that's this year. I think you're a year or two away in that cycle for that to happen. The last thing I want to talk about is there's not going to be any more excuse to building um, building your team. You're a new coach. You used to get <laughs> you used to get five years, but that's long gone. Uh there used to be, hey, we're gonna come in, we're gonna build this thing up from the ground zero, we're gonna go recruit high school guys, and then let us get three or four recruiting classes in and look look to see where we are. Well, that's been long gone, but now there's really no excuse. There you're going to be expected to come in and win right away and build your roster right away. Almost like a, you know, even better than an NFL franchise, because you can cut and sign free agents and then, you know, there's no contracts, and so you can go there's not going to be any excuse. The only excuse you have is do you have enough money or not on in your NIL deals. Um, there's no need anymore to wait for freshmen to develop. Yeah, I think you need some. I think you need to balance out your roster. That's probably where the roster management needs to be taking place is to make sure you have your classes balanced so you don't have to go sign 50 kids a year. That's going to be the roster management issues. But there's no there's no reason anymore. And so – in a, in a profession that patience is already thin, it's going to get thinner because there's no more excuse anymore of, well, we can only go sign 25 to replace these guys. You know, trust me, when, I, when we came to, you know, Ole Miss after the probation year, man, I would have loved to gone straight to 85. Couldn't have gone and got some portal guys. But, you know, we had to go strictly high school with 31 guys just to have a chance to get back to the 85. That was your only hope. Did, you, did I want to do that? No. Did Matt Luke want to do that? No. Did anybody in the building want to do that? No. But it's the only way to get back to 85 to give yourself a competitive chance um, that year and the years leading up, you know, like this year. You're, you can't build a program off 56 scholarship kids. It doesn't work like that. So patience is going to get thinner because you can go straight to 85. And, uh, you know, I think you'll probably see a little bit about this year, but you're definitely going to see a ton of that next next coaching cycle because you're going to have a full year to basically go in and and figure out what you got to do to get your team back competitive. All right, everybody knows what time of the year it is. It is camp season. So, you know, camps are starting all across the country. It's actually a little bit slower time for us here at Quick Recruiting and Quick U because the colleges are doing camps and official visits, and this is usually June when we take our vacations and and chill out a little bit. Uh, But, look, they're starting all over the country. And I wanted to uh, – it's been a while since we've talked about this, so I wanted to bring this back up, especially if you're a new listener, probably in the last six months or so. But if you have, or if you have a high school player or you're a high school coach and you have a player and they're asked to go or attend a camp uh, by a college coach, go. I say that all the time, go. If a college coach asks you to come to camp, go. Because they know you're coming. You're going to be on a different list than everybody else. And they're going to evaluate you, and you're going to get a legit shot. So if a coach has ever asked you directly to come, and I'm not talking about you get some random text message uh, with a graphic on it, inviting you to camp. I'm talking about you've actually had verbal communication, or your high school coach has, verbal communication with a a college coach. And they say, hey, we'd love to have little Johnny come uh, work out for us or throw for us at a camp. Go. I don't care what the level is. That's the next thing. It doesn't matter what the level is because recruiting has changed so much in such a short period of time to where, you know, three years ago, you may have been a top-tier quarterback in the SEC. You may, but now everybody's taking fewer and fewer numbers because of the portal, and so I see it all the time. Um, and I've probably told the story on here, if I have, forgive me, but, you know, there was a kid last year, a kid from Mobile. There was a receiver that we made one of our quick gems. And I would have been dying uh, to get him at Ole Miss three years ago. I think he, I mean, he was an unbelievable player. But because of the portal and because all these teams are taking fewer and fewer spots, the kid ends up going to an FCS program. With three years ago, he'd be signing with a, you know, a mid tier Power Five, middle tier SEC kind of program, which we would have, we would love to have him here at Ole Miss. Um, And then the kid ends up going to FCS. And so I say all that to say this is don't ever think that you're better than who's asking you to come to camp because you never know. Things happen in this business, especially you may be all in love with this. You know, it it just takes one school to love you. okay? but this school may you may be in love with this school, but the coach could get fired in December. And now what? Your offer means nothing. So make sure that you never shut the door on any opportunity because you never know when you're going to have to cross that bridge again. And I'll give you another example. Let's say you think you're a power five guy or you've got a guy that you think is a power five player and all of a sudden he's been asked to come to camp by a group of five school. And you're like, no, I'm not coach. I'm too good for that place. I'm not going. Well, that group of five coach may be getting a big time job in December and he's going to remember that. So don't, and the biggest thing I can always explain to coach, high school coaches, and to players, especially, and I'm really telling the coaches this that are listening to tell your players this is never burn a bridge, never close a door in the recruiting process. Because you never know when you're gonna have to cross that bridge again. And even more so now. Because now there's this thing called the portal. And you may need that coach down the road. Either he may get a better job. Or you may go to a bigger school and maybe transferring down. Whatever it is, never burn a bridge. And so always develop relationships, uh, yes or no, sir, and always communicate with the coaches. If a coach is spending his time recruiting you or recruiting your player, be courteous, be nice, and reciprocate and communicate and be nice to that coach because you never know in this business when your paths are going to cross again. You really never do. Um, it's, it is uh, it is, something that, you know, I'll, I'll be honest here. When I left Ole Miss, the first time with we'll freeze after everything that happened there, I would have bet you a $1,000 I would have never come back to Ole Miss. Okay, I didn't think that would ever happen. But it did. And I say that to say this is, you know, when I left, you know, I, I was very um, – it was hard to leave, but I was very – conscientious to make sure that I treated people the right way, um, develop relationships, and, and handle things in the right way, whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent for me leaving. At the time, it was, I thought it was the right decision for myself and the family and made sure we continued to develop those relationships. And then on the flip side, when I was at Alabama, a lot of the guys that we were recruiting, Ole Miss ends up signing them. And so, flash forward, I come back when Coach Luke gets the job, I ended up coming back and I already knew those kids and the relationships we already had makes things so much easier. So you never know, and Benito Jones is the one that always sticks out to me um, because we had such a great relationship in the recruiting process um, that when I came back, it was just like I just made things easier and uh, loved the hell out of the kid, but he's not a kid anymore, but everybody gets the point is make sure in these camps as you're going, make sure you continue those relationships, make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do, uh, with those coaches. Last thing on camps. And I'll always say this, and I'll never change. Um, if you go to a camp, participate, don't go to visit. Um, coaches are going to look for, they want to see you compete. They didn't ask you to come there to hang out, go, go compete. It's, it's tough. You know, it used it was already hard enough to be a college football player. Now it's harder because you got, you know, you got fewer spots, the competition's getting thicker do what it takes to separate yourself. And what I mean by that is this. When it comes down to this final spot, I'm going to take the kid that I know more about, whether I like him or I don't. I'm not talking about whether he may have, or he ran a four or six. Well, what about this other guy? Well, he didn't run. Well, that tells me a lot. I'm going to take the guy that ran and competed before I'm going to take the guy who didn't because I know more about the kid. And so when you go to these camps, participate, Unless you're injured, I'm going to say that again, unless you're injured, make sure that you participate when you go to these camps because the coaches want to see you compete, and it will separate you when it comes down to between you and a guy that didn't participate or didn't go to camp. You will be the one selected. Um, And the last thing, uh, if you're a high school coach or you are a player, make sure you listen to this. If you're going to a camp, this is a job audition. That's what you're going for. You're not going to have fun. You're going to be evaluated. Don't go heavy squat the day before. Make sure you get a good night's rest. Make sure you wake up and eat breakfast. You want to you want to treat this like it's the biggest day of your life cuz it just may be. And I can make an argument where it's more valuable than game day because you get one chance in front of college coaches to be coached by them and perform in front of them. So make sure your body is in the best possible condition that it can be in when you're going to camp. Don't don't go, you know, stay up the night before, play video games at 2 in the morning, wake up, eat a, eat a sugary bowl of cereal, and go try to run a 40. Don't do that. Get a good night's rest. Make sure your body's in tip-top shape. Don't go heavy squat the day before a power clean. Make sure you're prepared to go and perform at those camps. And so what I would do if I'm a high school coach or a player – and you got a uh, if you're a player or a coach that's got this you know you back the days up just like it's a game day, so if you squat on Tuesdays of your Friday night you know if you if that's normal your routine then squat three or four days ahead of the camp, okay back your clock up and treat and treat these camp days like game days so you're in a tip top shape to go because you're getting you're, you're basically taking a test to see if you're going to be on that college team. There's no different than the combine. If you were going to the NFL combine, you wouldn't go heavy squat the day before. You wouldn't stay up at three o'clock in the morning and play video games and get up and eat a sugary cereal and then try to go compete. But no, make sure your body's in tip-top shape, rested and ready to go for those camps. All right, we're going to switch gears, uh, swing over. I guess this is the really uh, – talk a little bit about official visits that are really cranked up and starting uh, uh, really some this past weekend – um, a ton of schools are bring in, bringing in official visitors uh, this month. It, it is, you know, with all of our Quick U clients have been talking to them, and, you know, we got some uh, Power 5 schools bringing in 30-plus guys this month. Uh, one school has 31 official visitors next weekend um, on top of camps, and I have no idea how they're doing it with uh, camps. Uh, One time at Ole Miss, we brought in four guys on top of camp, and I thought I I was looking for the tallest building uh, in Oxford, Mississippi to uh, jump out of. But it's just – it is so much stress on the recruiting departments uh, to do official visits on top of camps because you're evaluating and you're doing tours with the campers. You're doing – entertaining the official visitors. There's just a ton of manpower that's required, no sleep. And this is usually the month uh, for personnel people that they get burnout. If there's a month, this is the this is hail month for all uh recruiting staffs, it's in the country, it's June. It's the since the new rules have passed uh post-COVID, this is the second year, the second cycle. And um just hold on. It's almost you know, got yet, yet 30 days of it, so just hold on. Uh today's the last day of May, so starting tomorrow, but uh just hold on. Uh the, the next thing is A ton of schools with NIL are bringing in players really that they can't afford right now. And I say they can't afford from an NIL perspective. But why are they doing that? They're actually trying to build these relationships up with players that they think will be in the portal. And it is a bold strategy, um, but I think it will probably work. I kind of applaud the uh, foresight and the vision to do that. You only get so many official visits, so I think you have to be careful. You just can't bring in everybody. But there are schools, and I've talked to them, and that are bringing in kids that they know they have no chance of signing in December. No chance. But they're bringing them in strictly on the hope that when they do go in the portal that they will remember that relationship. So, again, if it, if they get some a couple of kids, I think it's worth it. Uh, I guess we'll have to let it sort out here a couple of years and see how the strategy works out. But I think that's a bold strategy. But again, I applaud it. I think it's good stuff. Um, you know, Ross was on here last week. Ross Dellinger was on here last week, and and uh, he he kind of talked a little bit about it because I guess it hadn't released when we taped last Monday. Um, but you know, did a did a really good article with Lane Kiffin, and and Lane was very uh, open. Um, very blunt, like he always is. Uh, and he said something that's we've been saying for a while and I'm 100% agreed with, and it, it's all about the money. It's very uh, different, I think, in the recruiting process to where kids are, the, the premier kids are really not concerned about your school. They don't care about your t- tradition. They don't care about your facilities. They don't care, you know, everything has changed. Uh, what's the money? How much am I going to get? And that's where they're going. They're going to the highest bidder, period. And then if it doesn't work out, they can always go in the portal. And we've talked about that. And it's just a sad deal that that's where, you know, in basically 11 months now, this is where the sport's going in 11 months. It's all about the money. Um, but, look, I'm, I can't, you can't blame the kids. Do it. If they, if, take it while you can get it. And because it, a lot of these kids, it's the most money they're ever going to make. A lot of these kids will never see the NFL, ever. And I don't care how good they are. Go back and look. A lot of these guys don't make it. And 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 really, if you want to get rich in the NFL, you have to make it to your second contract anyway. Um, so majority of these guys will never make it in the NFL and have lifelong money. But they're getting literally life changing money now as high school kids. Go get it. Why not? So it is what it is. One interesting thing that uh, I saw. Last week, that uh, we'll talk about the Arch Manning stakes is you know times times narrowing down a little bit. I think we're closer. Uh, there's been so many articles out there and you know speculation, yada yada yada. Um, but Eli Holstein committed to Alabama last week or the week before that. We didn't have a chance to talk about it, but he was a top he's a top 100 quarterback from Zachary there in Louisiana, A uh, really good player, and he commits to Alabama. That told me something, you know, a little bit. And I think it told a lot of fans thing, uh, some things about, you know, you know, it's been well documented that Arch Manning's final three were Texas, Alabama, and Georgia. But Alabama goes and takes a quarterback, and everybody kind of jumps on the narrative and says, hey, well, I guess it's down to two now because Alabama took their quarterback. And I, I agree with you, but maybe not. Um, Nick may be just hedging his bet um, to make sure he gets one. You know, he has – if, if – I'm sure there could be something worked out. It depends on who he likes better. But, you know, common sense would tell you that Texas and Georgia are the last two. Um, but I, this, is, this time frame is getting very interesting. Um, I don't think – I would feel very uncomfortable going past the camp season not knowing who my quarterback is in this class. Matter of fact, I'd already start feeling uncomfortable not knowing who my quarterback is in this next class. But coming out of camp season, that's the latest I've ever been a part of it, ever. Um, Usually it's over before now. One time at Alabama, one time the year we signed uh, Blake Barnett, because we had a kid, we had Ricky Town, who was committed to us uh, in that class, and then he decommitted. And then we went scrambling for quarterbacks, uh, ended up with uh, Blake Barnett, and that was the latest I can remember uh, taking one in a class. So I would already be a little bit panicky. Um, so coming out of camp season, I, I think this Arch decision gets done sooner rather than later. And he may not go public, but something's got to give. Um you know, the one thing that Texas has in their advantage besides the money is they got, a, they got a pretty good deal for the next two years with Quinn Ewers. They got a pretty good deal with him. So they're not really pushing as much. Georgia, on the other hand, they got talent, but it's unproven talent. And I guess you can say Quinn Ewers is unproven talent, but he's just such a talent. I think that, you know, everybody feels safe there, which I would feel good for them too because um, he is a baller. It's going to be interesting to see how this Arch Manning thing uh, progresses in July. That's what I'll say. I would be, if I was a betting man, if there was odds in Vegas, I'd say that Arch Manning goes public in July. That's my, that would be my bet. Maybe I'd be wrong in losing money. Uh, but I think something's got to give. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens. But uh, I think it's down. Common sense would tell you Georgia and Texas, and then double common sense would tell you to follow the money. So we'll see on that. All right. We're going to close, uh, SEC meetings are occurring as we speak. Um, Nick and Jimbo in the same room for the first time. That should be fun. Uh, somebody I saw this morning, somebody posted a, a, uh, a uh, picture of the, uh, seating arrangement inside the room. And it was funny. Jimbo's, uh, chair was literally in the center, surrounded by SEC workers, SEC office people, so I thought that was funny, and everybody else was kind of, it's in alphabetical order by school, they tell you, uh, which it is, but Texas a and was sitting dead in the middle, and there's like three or four SEC people to his left and right, so I thought that was kind of funny, um, but here's what you're going to be getting out of the SEC meetings this week, I think, I don't know if they're going to come up with any, but I think one of the big topics of discussion is going to be NIL solutions. Look, I think they all want the same thing. Any coach wants the same thing. And that's just everybody wants to be on the same rules. Everybody wants to be on the same playing field. And I think, you know, Nick Saban gets a ton of uh, grief about a comment he made about parody and all that stuff a couple of weeks ago. And they're like, oh, parody? And I think even Lane was joking with him about Parody. But here, here's the deal, guys. It's, it's not parity as far as everything's like talent's equal, but all the rules are equal in parity. I, I think that's the – that was always been what made the NCAA the NCAA. Is everything – everybody played by the same rules, allegedly. But all the rules were written out there. Now, some people broke the rules, but they were out there. And now with state laws and different NIL structures and things like that, everybody's not on the same plane. And when it comes to the NIL money, everybody's not on the same plane. And so I think that's what they're getting at is everybody just wants to play by the same rules. But I think you're going to have a ton of, of discussion about that. And this next one um, is going to be very hot topic coming out of the SEC uh, coaches' uh, meetings. I already know because I've talked to a couple of them, um, is the 1-7 model versus the 3-6 model. So for years, the SEC's played eight um, – Eight games, eight conference games, four non-conference games, and they've been going on basically what they call a: uh, you played two games outside your division with a permanent crossover, and then you played six. You played six uh, in your own division every year, so I guess that would be a two-six model. So the eight-model game, they're talking about going to a one-seven with one permanent rival, um, and then seven, basically, you know. Mixing those guys up every year. I think that's terrible. The only advantage that you're going to give me from that is that, and the only people that are going to be pulling for it are the people who want to stay at eight games. Everybody's so concerned about playing nine conference games. And here are the people who are concerned. I'm not going to call them out, but there are people in this league who have who play very soft non-conference schedules in their four four games, trying to get them four wins to where they, hey, we want to figure out how to win two SEC games and let's get to a bowl game and we're going to be happy so we can get that bowl money. That's been a model for some teams for a long time. But, guys, this is the SEC, man, and the 3-6 model only makes sense. Here's why I don't like the 1-7 model is you're going to take – let's take Auburn, for example. They're going to play Alabama every year in a 1-7 model but they're not going to be able to play Georgia every year. And for the fan, and I'm going to say this again, for the fan of Auburn, the Alabama game is the most important. Um, and, and I think Cole and I, Cole Kublik, when he was on here, we talked about it a little bit. But when I was at Auburn and I was a player there, most of the kids on our team, especially the good players, were from Georgia. And so the Georgia game was a much bigger deal to the players than the Alabama game was. that's a bigger rivalry for a lot of times the Auburn players because most of their players are from Georgia. And I'd have to look at the roster now. I don't even know. But for years and years and years, most of the players on Auburn's team were from the state of Georgia. And so taking away that game would really – that's that's bad ball. That's like the oldest rivalry in the South. And I just – that would be bad. I, I don't like that. And you take Ole Miss, for example. You know, the who's the one going to be? It's going to be Mississippi State, obviously. But taking away the LSU game, and of recent, the Arkansas game, but really the LSU game. It's been around forever. And for a lot of Ole Miss fans, the LSU game is just as big as the, the Egg Bowl. And I probably shouldn't say that, but it's close. It's a close second. I'll say that. I don't, I'm not ever going to say it's first. It's a close second. But it's a big game, and it's got a lot of history in it. And so the 3-6 model makes so much sense on so many levels. All right, one, stop worrying about playing, you know, a Pac-12 team or whatever, because now you just added Texas and Oklahoma. you got a 16-team Super League. Play three teams, pick them out, and I think every team can find those. And I think the, the, that's very easy. And it's going to be actually who's going to be my third sometimes. Uh, but a lot of teams are going to be great with their three. You know, if it's Florida, you got well. You got you know Tennessee, you got Georgia, obviously, and probably LSU. I imagine. I don't know, but you you can find those three really easy. Um, there's never going to be oh well, I wish we had a fourth. No, you're going to find those three very easy, and but here's the kicker: when you're going to a a 16 team league and you do this three six model. You don't have – there's no reason because you just added two superpowers to your conference. You don't need to go schedule another – you don't need to go schedule Oregon. You don't need to go schedule USC. You don't need to go schedule those other games. You go do a two-group of five games, and then you go do do a uh, FCS game because you just added that superpower into your conference. But more importantly, this is from a fan's perspective, you're going to get to play – And from a player's perspective, you can say you're going to get to play every single SEC program while you're here home and away. Because you can go – there's going to be 12 teams left. You can go six home and home, home and home. So in a four-year period, you're going to be able to go home and away to every single school in a league. And that's going to create more parity in the league. And it's going to create a better fan experience. And there's going to be – I mean, it's going to be great. Who doesn't want to have, you know – when I was here uh, the first time, with Freeze in Texas, came in town. This place was a zoo, and I haven't seen it that way since. I mean, it was insane that week. But you get that experience every four years, or an Oklahoma Georgia game. Sign me up for that, you know. And and there's so many rivalries and things that can be created and, and atmospheres. And the three six model is really the only one um, that makes sense. And the only people that are going to complain. Or the people who've been scheduling cupcakes for their four non-conference games. That's it. Um, but everybody else, if you have a legit, and if you're in this league, you should be wanting to win a national title. And the only way to do that is through strength of schedule. And so the only people that are going to complain about playing nine games are the people who just want to go to a bowl game every year. And guess what? I, and I'd say this. And if you that's what you want to do, if you just want to go to six and six and go to a bowl game every year, if that's what you want to do, you shouldn't be in this league because this league is is the best league in the in the business and you should want to compete in this league and that's what it's about. You want to be a competitor, you want to compete with the best. Winning going 6 and 6 is not good enough. Going to a bowl game is not good enough. If you want if you want to be in this league, you should want to compete for national titles and that's what you should want to do. But if you're against this rule in my opinion, you shouldn't be in this league. You should go play somewhere else. There's going to be plenty of leagues looking for people. So maybe you should go play in the Conference USA or something. I don't know. Um, and let people that want to compete for national titles in the league and get us and get a true sixteen team super conference because that's where we're headed. Um, the last thing out of this out of this uh, meeting is gonna be the eliminating of divisions. You've already seen a lot of school a lot of conferences going to this uh, for next year. Um, I'm all for it. Um, there is gonna be a little bit SEC probably needs to think about it just a little bit, and I'll explain that. but basically, the only reason we have divisions is when the NCAA came in, whatever many years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and said, hey, you can have conference championship games. I guess it's 30 years ago now. But you need to have divisions. So you'll have a East winner and a West winner, whatever your two, you know, Coastal Atlantic, whatever your divisions are. Um, but when they came through and basically when the Big 12 turned into the Big 10 um, and they only had 10 schools left, it was basically the top two teams – I think that's what you're going to see is you're going to get the top two teams. So what is that going to prevent? So if you got like a one-loss team, like if it was, uh, you know, years ago when LSU and Alabama um, were basically the top two teams, instead of LSU going and playing a, a three-loss East team, they're going to turn around and have to play Alabama again. They could eliminate – it's definitely going to eliminate uh, two teams from the same – you know, it's going to hurt get, maybe getting two teams in the SEC uh, to the four-team playoff. That could happen. Um, but, you know, I'm all for it. It gets the two best teams and and basically in a nutshell, it's just going to turn the SEC championship game into another playoff game. So, which is basically what it was this year. So you're going to have a, uh, the top two teams. It's going to make, put more importance, more emphasis on the SEC championship game. Um, I would have loved to have it in play for a long time. Um, you know, I think definitely the kick six year, we would have probably still been in. Um, so that's the It would have been an Auburn-Alabama rematch for the, for the title that year. That would have been fun. Uh, a week after kick six, that would have been a lot of fun. Um, but that would have been really fun. Uh, but it is what it is. But I think you're going to see a lot of that going to 23, elimination of divisions, and just getting the top two teams in the SEC title game. I want to remind everybody to, to follow us on Home Visit Siski on Twitter. Make sure you check us out on YouTube page at Home Visit Siski. Make sure you tell your friends all about it. Um, It's summertime, so sit on the beach, enjoy your episode, uh, check out some late episodes. Uh, We'll be taking a couple weeks off here and there uh, this summer as we travel and take some time off uh, before we crank back up in July. I'll keep you up to date on those. Um, But until next time, make sure you give us our three star review and take care.